people just feeding into me the idea that if a curriculum doesn't work, pivot. Like if that time of the day doesn't work, pivot. If that, that, you know, lesson is not going the right way, stop and pivot. And so I think those are, that is probably my biggest, I'm just hearing Ross from friends right now, pivot, but like, that's my biggest advice I would say is like, actually let yourself not do it perfectly and learn what works for you, you and your kiddos. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Homeschool CEO Podcast. I am so grateful that you are here with us today. And today I'm bringing you a special guest who hasn't been homeschooling for 20 years. In fact, she hasn't even been homeschooling for 20 days yet. We're going to get to hear what it's like being a new homeschool mom while working full-time and running a business. Oh, and she has an incredibly awesome podcast as well. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Mrs. Selena Johnson from Fit for Joy, and we're going to talk about how we can cultivate a grateful heart in ourselves and our kids, even in 2020. So if you need a little more joy in your life, today's episode is for you. So let's get started. All right, you ladies are in for a treat today. We have Selena with us and we're going to get to know her a little bit more. She's brand new to homeschooling, but not to entrepreneurship. So we're going to talk about both things today. I'm so excited for you to meet her. So Selena, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience today? Sure. I am Selena and I live in the greater Seattle area. I'm kind of a little Northeast out in the woods of the Northwest. So it's beautiful here. We've got all the things, mountains, ocean, all the things here. So yeah, right in the thick of it. I have been married for 21 years to my husband. Uh, We've both been born and raised in the Seattle area and we have two boys, boy mom rules, uh, nine and seven years old. And yeah, and we're just started a homeschool adventure. So that's kind of our bigger thing lately that we've been working on. And I I'm also an online health and fitness coach, and I have a full-time job. I work as an operations manager, and I've had that position for, I've been with the company for almost 20 years. So yeah, I don't do lots of change. (laughs) You are busy, busy. You know, it's one of those things when, but when people say like, how do you get it all done? You know, you give it to the person who has things going on because you mm-hmm. learn to prioritize, right? We just, like you said with your uh, podcast, it's the spinning the plates. It's just one more thing that we add on, right? Oh, yeah. And I have a podcast too. Like there's all these things. I have all these things going on. Yeah, that's right. That's new too. <laughs> yes. We're going to get into all of that today because all of that's important. So with homeschool CEOs, sometimes we interview and let you meet guests who are veteran homeschoolers who've been homeschooling for 20 years. 
But today we have a novice, so like you're brand new to homeschooling. So mm-hmm. but let's talk first about your entrepreneurship journey, since that actually started first for you. So what brought you to the world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, I, um, if you had told me <laughs> even three or four years ago that I was going to be an online health and fitness coach and help people find success, whatever that looks like for them in health and fitness and nutrition and all the things. And that if you had even told me I would even be setting an example of doing those things, I would have told you you're crazy. But I had really come to a place of burnout in my life. So I had found myself in a space of not filling my own cup. I had two little ones. I was spinning all the plates, but let's be honest, they were dropping most of the time. I was kind of a hot mess. I would get up just in time, go to work, do my job. uh, And I would like find myself like stressed to the max throughout the day. And then I would get back in the car and my like, you know, 20 minute, 30 minute commute would be me like basically talking myself in to not yelling at my family when I got home the minute something didn't go right. Like I was just constantly in this state of, um, you know, like your, you know, like your level was up. My adrenaline level was always up and I was not taking care of myself in any way. I joke that my, Uh, My form of protein, if we talk about nutrition, was like eating cold chicken nuggets off of my kids' plates when they were done eating because they probably didn't finish their meal. And I was, you know, not drinking any water. Like I know it for sure. I definitely wasn't taking mental breaks or helping myself like with mindset. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't reading books. I was nothing. I was just living. But I was like kind of letting life live me. (laughs) Like I wasn't really living life. And So I had really gotten to this place of like understanding that I had something had to change. Like I actually started to have like physical things going on with my body that were starting to concern me. And I just remember one day like waking up and realizing that like actually like flash forwarding to myself at like 50, 60, 70 years old. And I had this image of like, not what I would want to be. Like I was not in a good place. And my kids didn't have the best of me. My husband didn't have the best of me. Like basically I wasn't serving anyone outside of myself and I wasn't even serving myself. So I'd really kind of get the picture. And it was in that moment that I was like, something has to change. And I don't even know what it is. I think I have a whole episode on this on my podcast because I'm like, I don't even, I couldn't even have told you what I needed to change. And I think a lot of people come with that mindset of like, I know this isn't living, but I, feel like it's too much to figure out what to do. So anyways, I finally kind of found myself in this place of starting to drink water and going for jogs, which I'm not a runner. So it's kind of crazy. And I thought like a smoothie maker, because I thought everyone who's healthy makes smoothies. I didn't have any idea what to put them in. I was just kind of floundering. And that's when I found this system for me that works really well, which is online online community, healthy living at home and making it sustainable in my busy life. And kind of through that, I've fallen in love with it. I've had beautiful, beautiful results of my own of just becoming myself again and breathing into life and just kind of finding my joy. Um, My group is called Fit for Joy. And that's what we stand for is just grace for ourselves and understanding that I'm not a bad person. If I have a bad day, I just have to pick up the pieces. And so that's what we're all about. And so through that, though, um, my mom wanted to start getting healthy. And when my mom wanted to start getting healthy, I was like, 
oh, like, I don't want to give her to someone else to help her. Like, I want to help her. And that really just, from there, I just, it took off into a whole business of just supporting other people in their health and fitness journeys. I mean, when you get that first text from somebody who's down 10 pounds, (laughs) you're like, it is everything. And it's not about the weight. It's just knowing that they have some control over what they're doing with their bodies. And, you know, when you find somebody who, who their success that day, their non-scale victory was not yelling at their kids. Like, that's amazing to me. Like, that's a real thing of like, oh, I was in control of my mind enough to not freak out or just feeling like they're filling their cups. And uh, yeah, so it's turned into this whole thing that I never thought it would. So that's kind of a long answer, but it got me to this place of running a business. And I've been coaching for now two and a half years and I love it. That's amazing. But I feel like so many of our journeys, whether it's entrepreneurship or homeschooling, really come very often from a place that we don't expect from our own struggles that, you know, then God turns around and uses it to minister to the next person behind them, whatever that may look like. And, you know, very similar to you, you know, I went through a stage of burnout and I had to learn how to fill my own cup before I could help other people. And Mm -hmm. now that's part of where homeschool CEO has birthed from going, Oh, I I didn't have that 16 years ago. I was a burned out hot mess alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, at least we can be a hot mess together and we can get there and we can grow and we can give each other grace and joy. So I I love that you're doing that for these women. Okay. So that kind of brings you to where we are right now. And I know that like so much has happened in your life over the last year. For everyone who's listening, we met during one of my homeschool CEO boot camps, actually. Mm -hmm. That's how we connected. Mm -hmm. So you came through and I know we, we got on a one-on-one call and chatted and, you know, your husband and you talked about going, are we crazy for homeschooling? Like, can we really add one more thing to our Mm -hmm. place? So can you take me a little bit back to that conversation between you and your husband? Yeah. When you kind of started to entertain that idea of maybe we should homeschool, but my goodness, I already work full time. He works full time. I also have a business like. This is crazy. Yeah. Right. What what does that look like for you? Well, I, I, to kind of answer it, I'd have to go back to spring and when COVID hit and my husband and I, now I want to say so blessed to be able to work from home right now to, for the safety of our family, for safety of us, we actually both got really sick, uh, in the spring. And so starting, like I was sick, like week one of everyone shutting down, like it was, it all started in March for us. So, you know, we started with that and then we went through, you know, online remote learning and did the best we could. Everyone did. It wasn't anything anyone expected and we all just made it work. And, um, but it was insane. (laughs) Like it was Mm -hmm. crazy. And we, I, again, I'm so grateful for my job and I'm so grateful for the grace that we've had for each other as we've kind of figured this all out. But it was daunting. Like every day seemed, I, I don't know if I can do this, I, something has to give, I don't know what to do. And so we would miss zoom calls with the kids, teachers. And it was, you know, we did the very best we could, but my boys, I mean, it was turning into us, like we got to turn this in and we're trying to figure out the platforms. And of course, everyone was, everyone was in the same boat. So it was all very new to everyone, but you know, the different, um, different teachers and the curriculums and just trying to figure out who's doing what. And then honestly, like just turning the work in and just checking the boxes. And it just felt very like chaotic. And 
I'm working full time the whole time. And so, you know, my kids would have a Zoom call at 9 a.m. and I'd have a conference call at 9 a.m. And my first grader, like, you know, <laughs> getting him onto a Zoom call is like, you know, where he'd rather poke his eye out with a pen. He's not comfortable with this. Um, and so, you know, trying to manage that. We finally, in like May, we actually had someone come in and help each day. And I'm not going to say we did this all on our own. Like we had to delegate because it was the only thing that was going to make it work. But when we got to June, we kind of just figured we'd head into the fall and figure out whatever this looks like. You know, the schools would have their plans in place or whatnot. And it did not dawn on us at all to homeschool. And it was, I totally think it was the Holy Spirit. It was like one day in July, it was like this moment of like, have you thought of homeschooling? And I know, <laughs> like, what would that even look, look like? Like what would, I have a ton of friends who homeschool. I'm so fortunate to have examples set for me, but I'm like, how, I don't even know what that would look like. And then it was like that day I heard you on my friend Michelle's podcast, uh, the busy years podcast. Um, and she, you were talking about homeschooling and working full-time, like homeschooling and running a business or whatever that looked like for each person. And it was like this moment. I mean, I left that podcast in tears and it was like the morning I'd heard that kind of question. And then I heard the podcast and it just kind of led me to a place of like, would this actually be better solution, not just another way to do it, but like a better solution for us in this season. And so uh, my husband's my gauge. So I went to him and like, if I mention it to him and he's like, Oh, like, no, that's probably not what we want to do. Then I kind of feel like, okay, I need to look into this more, have some more questions answered. But if he's into it or has like, doesn't say no right away, then I'm like, this might be something. And when I said to him, what would you think if we actually officially homeschooled the boys while we're home right now? And he said, oh, that's awesome. I totally think we should do it. And how can we figure out how to do it forever? And I'm like, well, <laughs> let's, let's ratchet it down. So for me, that was such a big moment of like, confirmation. It was just like three things in a row of like, let's look at this. And you offered your homeschool CEO boot camp, And to me, it was worth 100% worth the value because I was able to answer my questions and see what it would look like for us. And even going into that, I think we were really leaning into it and thinking this might be what but I was open to. If I see something that's going to be a flag, Maybe we need to not do this, but it was constant confirmation. Everything was leading me to this point, even after that day one that we were talking about it. So I think for us, we know we're home right now with them for a time. I don't know when our office will be working, opening back up. I don't know when we're going to be back to work. My husband doesn't know what the official word is on him going back. And so we kind of didn't want to look back at this time and realize we could have done it different. And I know I couldn't do spring again, like for us. And I want to really be clear here. Everyone needs to do what's right for their family and their situation. And I think that this is a moment in time when we, if we're talking about COVID, if someone's listening to this during this season, I think we can't look to the right and left 
and figure out what the right answer is. We have to look within and try to figure out what that right answer is for us. And like, even like you've taught me, even within homeschool, it looks different for everyone. And so for there not to be a one size fits all, you know? And so it's really opened us up to this conversation of homeschool and boy, the whole thing. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And especially at the beginning, because like you said, you know, when I always, when I work with new homeschooling families, I always remind them that it looks different for everybody. And it would be wonderful if we could have a one size fits all box, but that is not life. We all have different lives. Our kids have different learning styles. We have different mm-hmm. business expectations, different work schedules. And that's one of the great things about homeschooling, though, is because we can make that work around our business. And, you know, one of my former guests, she says, you know, I don't have my business because I homeschool. I homeschool because I have my business. Right. Right. It's very different. It's not that one is better than the other or more important to us. It's just where are the anchors in your day? So like you mm-hmm. were, we were just discussing before we got on the podcast, you know, you had meetings this morning. Mm-hmm. It's the afternoon. Homeschool hasn't taken place yet. And that's okay. It is okay. And I think I've had such a piece of knowing, and this has been, we can, I'm sure we'll probably get into this, but it's so much better for my work schedule. I mean, the fact that I can just have my meetings during the morning, the boys have some set things they can do without me. And I'm not trying to get them on a Zoom or trying to figure out or even like forcing it to a place where they're like frustrated and we're turning into this, you know, it's, it's been so peaceful in our home because I'm simply taking my lunch break and jamming in a lot of really good stuff, like in a lovely way. Like it's not feeling like we're shoving it all in, <laughs> like, you know, we're right. just, we're figuring out what it looks like for this last Saturday. we did homeschool on a Saturday because my week went crazy for work and I couldn't get all the days exactly the way I wanted them. And I thought this is, and and that was lovely. We sat for two or three hours doing different things. And I thought, you know, this is such a good solution for us. So it's been really, really neat to be in this world. Uh, Yes. And like you just said, though, you can do it on the weekend. You can do it on the nights. It doesn't have to feel heavy. You know, Mm -hmm. if if homeschooling feels heavy, we're doing something wrong. We need to yeah, shift. I was just going to say it shouldn't, right? It shouldn't it feel heavy. That's what you've taught me. And I'm like, we had a week last week where, um, yeah, it, we were turning to tears and it was turning into like, it was like a whole day and where I was like, and, and what was so beautiful was coming out of it. I thought, okay, I just need to reassess. Like it wasn't a failure to me. And I think that's, huge for me. I'm a total box checker in the lines like that's. And so that was huge for me of like, okay, what was it we could have done different? And then this week we did it different and it's been beautiful. So I'm like, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, we just figure it out. And I think with us as entrepreneurs, we really have a leg up on that because we don't, we don't view failure as something bad. You know, we don't attach that meaning to it. It's simply a chance to reevaluate and pivot and figure out a better way to do things. So as you're learning to homeschool, I know one of your premises that you really build a cornerstone for your business on is your heart of gratitude. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that I just absolutely love you. I love your Instagram. It is so inspirational and powerful. So can we talk about what that looks like? Like, how did you get 
to where you are right now, as far as like really building your life on a heart of gratitude? Yeah, that's a really, you know, it's really an interesting question because um, that fills me up with gratitude right there that somebody would see that in me um, because five, 10 years ago, I think people would have said I was happy, but I don't know that they would have seen me as somebody who was full of gratefulness, you know, and I think, um, so that's very cool. That's just like a moment. I'm going to, it's going to go in my gratitude tonight. Grateful for this moment. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I have always been a little bit of a Pollyanna, so let's be clear. Like I'm always very like, you know, positive, optimistic. I definitely have my moments. And uh, I think depending on what situation I'm in, I can get very determined and strong-willed. So like, don't want anyone to think that this is like perfection here. It is not. But what I have found is that in everything, there is something to be grateful for. But I, I think what the, the struggle people have is you have to intentionally look for it. Like, you have to be on the lookout for gratitude. And I, I really was always before when I would think of like, you know, you sit around at Thanksgiving or you, you're, uh, you know, someone says, what are you grateful for? Or, you know, whatever you always kind of, and I don't know, I don't shouldn't say you always, I would always feel like it was redundant. Like, well, I'm really grateful for my family and I'm grateful for my friends and I'm grateful I have a home. Like it would always feel like this. And it wasn't like that I wasn't grateful for those things, but it was like, why are we talking about what we're grateful for all the time? Like, okay, I'm really, really grateful. But what I started realizing was that that is, that is so powerful in your mind to actually look for the things throughout the day that you're grateful for, not the things that are frustrating you, not the things that make you sour, not the things you wish you did better, not the failures, but the things that you really can take out of that day that you're super grateful for. Because the more you start to look for those things, the more you will start to feel gratitude and to know that as you are going through your day, as you're going through your week, as you're going through your month, that you have taken the time to realize that things are happening, you know, we hear like things happening for you, not against you or whatever, but that you, it is all part of the master plan. Like everything we have going on in our lives is part of the plan. You, I don't know, let's say today. Okay. Today's a really good example. I woke up late today. So I could be like, I woke up late today. Like I could be really mad about that. And I probably old self would be really mad about that. But I woke up late. I can't explain it. I was super asleep. Apparently my body needed it, whatever. And I'm like, I like kind of my whole thing is morning routine. And so it's like always sets my tone of like, oh man, I already started behind, you know? And so, but what happened was I woke up late. I still did my, my coaching work. And then normally um, I would start getting ready and I thought, oh, I'll work out. But my boys woke up. And so my boys needed me. And we actually like did a homeschooling moment this morning at 730 in the morning, which I normally wouldn't do. But we're like making our beds and we're talking about dental hygiene. And we actually like I took the time to like have that moment with my boys. And so coming out of today, I'm not going to be like frustrated or mad that I woke up late, I'm going to actually have it on my thing tonight. 
I am grateful that I had like a moment with my boys this morning, whereas normally mornings are kind of like picking through all the things. I actually took time to be with my boys and that I was blessed in that. And so that is how gratitude works. It's like, if I'm looking for the things I did wrong today, I'm going to see them all day long. But if I'm looking for the things that I can have gratitude in, I'm going to going into tomorrow, I'm going to be super grateful for my morning because I'm going to be like, I woke up and I did everything today. It's, do you know what I mean? Like it just, mm-hmm. it flips the script in your mind. And so the, how I've gotten here is um, I used to not write it down. I used to just say it out loud. I used to think that I was like, you know, yeah, I'm grateful for my family and friends and house. Like that was like my whole thing. But as I started doing this practice of writing it down at night, it would actually make me look for the things throughout the day. And this is the key. I think this is the key. Be specific, like be super specific when you're doing it, because you'll start to notice where you can be grateful and all the little things that add up. And this is not about presenting yourself in a way that everything's great and happy. It's not about presenting yourself in a way that you want, you know, people to think you've got it all together because that was old me. I would always want people to think I had it all together. It's presenting yourself in a way that's saying, even though I have these circumstances, even though the day went totally insane, even though I was super frustrated this morning, I'm ending my day with the things I'm choosing to fix my mind on. I'm ending my day with the things that went well and the things I'm grateful for. And I am not going to spend more than one more second thinking about the things that I could totally dwell on that did not go right. And I think what it does is it puts you in a better frame of mind, even as you wake up the next morning. So I do mine at night. um, But even as you wake up the next morning, I wake up with that gratitude that I left when I went to bed that night, I'm not waking up feeling down on myself or like a failure. And, um, I feel like I kind of nailed the day, you know, (laughs) like, look what went great today. Look what I'm grateful for. You know, my husband brought me an amazing cup of coffee this morning and it was super sweet because it was right in the middle of a conference call. And that's going to make it to my list today. You know, like those are the things we want to pay attention to, not the things that we could be, you know, fixating on. I think that is so powerful. And I found that same thing when I started doing it at night before I went to bed, Mm -hmm. it was almost like I was telling my subconscious, this is where I'm ending the the day. And automatically I would start the day. Like it was a slow process, but it was almost like, okay, this is my, I'm going into my, you know, recharge to go to bed and I'm sleeping, but it's like, my mind is almost ruminating on those thankfulness and those grateful Mm -hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. versus what went wrong. And so the next morning, then that's the filter I put on first because mm-hmm. that's the one that I hung up at the end of the night. Yeah. I mean, if you watch my Insta stories, which I think, I think you said you do, but I mm-hmm. like wake up the next morning and I always do like my pre-workout drink and I always list three things I'm grateful for. And it's really cool because it, it comes so natural. Like they're not necessarily the things I left the night before. They're like three new things that popped into my mind that morning or something I'm looking forward to that day or whatever it may be. And I think that what it does is it sets a tone you know, it's almost like it's setting the bar for everything where like, if you just talk about everything you're really mad about, then, um, that's all you're really going to think about. But if you're setting the things for you're grateful for, then you're probably going to just kind of hang out in that space. Again, this does not mean, I mean, one hour before this call, I had a really like thing go on and I had to like really work through it. And I thought, I, I can't sit and think about this too long. I need to go 
and like walk away and take the moment and breathe into it because I would rather be grateful at the end of the day, not mad about this thing. And I think what we always have to be acting like the person we want to be. And so, you know, it's not necessarily putting on any mask or facade, but it's saying like, I want to be a person who is grateful. And I want to be that person at the age of 90 that looks back on their life and has this list of things that they are so thankful that, that have come in and out of their life and not the list of things that they regret. You know, it's, that's not the space I want to be in. So I'm always looking to be that person of gratitude. And that is so important. I think, especially with the situation our world is in right now, because a lot of us are grieving different things, you know, kids, Mm -hmm. some kids are being homeschooled that didn't want to be homeschooled. They're grieving the loss of being able to see their friends every day or, you know, Mm -hmm. parents who were working outside of the home now all of a sudden are confined to their home or whatever those Mm -hmm. are. So I think it's so important, like you said, that we're intentional, that we are seeking that out because then law of attraction says too, that we're going to attract more of that into our Mm -hmm. lives, more to be grateful for. So. As a homeschool CEO, then how do you take what you have learned and how you are cultivating great gratefulness in yourself? How are you cultivating that in your children? Yeah, it's a good question. It's funny that you say that because um, so we've been doing it at night too, like when they go to bed. My seven-year-old, he's the sweetest because he just says me every time. He just says he's grateful for mommy. And then I'll say, list three things. And he says, mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> so I'm trying to, <laughs> as much as I appreciate it, I'm like, look at Expand a little bit. Like there's other things I'm sure that we're grateful for, but I think it's very sweet. But I think that what it was funny because just yesterday I had a moment. We're we're figuring this out. Like we're figuring out what our homeschool looks like. So I'm actually, you know, mm-hmm. each day they have to greet me to come in the classroom. I'm trying to do things that are like, you know, making it official. <laughs> um, and so. But I thought, oh, when we sit and do, uh, right now we're doing like affirmations and turning it into a devotion. And so we've been doing that for like five or 10 minutes. These are words I, by the way, I never thought I would say. I am sitting with my kids doing devotion while homeschooling in the middle of my work. Like these are words that I never (laughs) thought I'd say, but I am doing it. Um, And so I actually had the moment where I thought, I think I want to have them start journaling it because I think that would help them with writing. My oldest has a hard time with paper, like paper sensory, the the noise of paper bothers him a lot. And so I had a moment where I thought, I think I'm going to like set up a notepad in his tablet and let him just keep it in that. And that'd be kind of fun because we could keep it digitally. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that. I, though, what we really do up until now is just at bedtime. We just, it's kind of our, like, what was your high? What was your low? And what are you grateful for? Actually let them pick each night. They can talk about what their high and low was and they could talk about their gratitude. But I think just doing it like throughout the day. And I think that's what I'm learning with homeschooling is that it really is these teachable moments are all day long. And I am super inclined to do things at a certain time every day, regimented and like And so that's been really good for me with homeschool because I'm learning to be more fluid, which is huge for me like that. This it'll teach you things like forget the kids like this is going to teach you to be a different person. So I'm really loving, loving that a lot. And I 
I'm excited to kind of see how that plays out. So that's what the plan is. So I love that it's simple. Like you don't have this 45 minute thing that you're saying you have to do all of these things to teach your kids to be grateful. You know, one, you're modeling it, but two, it's just really simple. We just talk about it. We journal, we work it into our day. Oh, one thing I, um, but I just thought of this. I also tell them when they've made it to my gratitude journal. So that's really cool too. Like when they do something like they were kind to their brother or they, you know, Finn, Finn, like yesterday I brought him something to eat and he like thanked me, which, you know, let's be honest, nine-year-old, they don't always say thank you. And so, you know, he thanked me. And so like to say to him, you know what, that's going to make it to my gratitude journal tonight. Cause I'm super thankful that you took the time to show appreciation or whatever. And that's a huge way to just example it to your kids. Tell them what you're grateful for throughout the day. Oh, that is so powerful. And that's such good uh, positive reinforcement too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. Oh, love that. All right. Last question. Just because you are a new homeschool CEO, what is your biggest lesson so far that you have learned? I know it's been a short time, but if you could look back and say, man, I didn't think it was going to be like this, but this is one thing that I've learned since starting this journey. Uh, I think... There's, I, I laugh because there's, I literally could probably write a book and I've been homeschooling for a month and a half. So yeah. Let's go. Has it even been a month and a half? It's been like, it's been like two weeks. Let's be honest. Um, I would say though, that my, my biggest lesson right now is to pivot. And I think if I, if you had asked me six months ago, a year ago, I had a completely different vision of what homeschool looked like. I am so grateful to my friends. I have homeschool friends who've been doing it for years um, and to see their example, but to spend time with them now that I'm doing it and for them to answer a lot of my questions and then you, and then like, so people just feeding into me the idea that if a curriculum doesn't work, pivot. Like if that time of the day doesn't work, pivot. If that, that, you know, lesson is not going the right way, stop and pivot. And so I think those are, that is probably my biggest, I'm just hearing Ross from friends right now, pivot, but like, that's my biggest advice I would say is like, actually let yourself not do it perfectly and learn what works for you, you and your kiddos. My I think I made a post on it, but my son, we were starting to do a lesson. It was like week one or whatever. And it was turning into a, just a disaster. He was crying. I was stressed. I was trying to get things, you know, like, no, right now we're doing language arts or whatever. And I was very like the way I've always been raised, the way I always did public school or whatever. And so you know, I thought, no, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing right now. I only have an hour to get this done. I could totally feel the tensions coming up and I could feel him getting stressed and it was turning into this whole thing. And I, you know, I totally believe the Holy Spirit is all up in this with me. And I was like, stopped. And I was like, what would you like to do? And he wanted to do math first. And I was like, okay. And I let him do math first and he did it and he was happy doing it. And then he came, turned around and said, okay, I'm ready to do the next thing. And as we sat there, I just guided him, prompted him through his writing, which he hates writing. And I kind of sat with him and I relaxed into the whole moment. And he, at one point, just reached over and just grabbed my hand while he continued to write. 
And it's like, even now it just makes me so emotional because I will never forget that moment for the rest of my life of like, I pivoted, I stopped, I obeyed and I trusted the process, but then that it would turn around and be blessed immediately like that, that he would, he felt loved, he felt valued, he felt like he had ownership over what he was learning. And at the end of the day, he got all the work done. And I think that we tend to put it all in a box. I think we always tend to be like, this is the hour we're doing homeschool. So we're doing homeschool, but you know, to make cookies and to have my seven-year-old help me with measurements and to, you know, at the grocery store, read labels and to all these things that I, it all counts. And so I'm keeping a journal of all the things we're doing. Cause I, that's for record keeping. And then also just for my own, like, what are we touching? And when we get to the end of the day, we have like touched like nine out of 11 subjects each day. And I'm like, how is that possible? Because we're doing like an hour of real sit down stuff, but the rest of it is just integrated throughout the day. And so I think just learning to pivot and just kind of like not have it be so like, like neurotic, like their mom usually is. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, you are in good company because most homeschool CEOs are right there with you. Because mm. all people that would be crazy enough to a lot, you know, we have a lot of women like you too, who have a full-time job and their business and their mm-hmm. homeschooling. You know, it takes a certain kind of awesomeness to do something like this or craziness. I'm yeah. not really sure, but there's a lot of words we could use to describe it. Oh, and a podcast. Yeah. Cause that's like yeah. one more thing I need to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Tell our audience where they can find you online. Yes. So I am most often found on Instagram at Mrs.Salina, S-A-L-I-N-A dot Johnson. And I, um, I hang out in my stories. That's where you'll see me most of the time. Uh, and then also I do have a podcast. It's on Apple and Spotify and all the places that you find pods. And it's called Spinning Plates Podcast for obvious reasons. I did not have to think twice about what to name it. It is exactly where I'm, I'm at. And um, yeah. And then, and I also have a Facebook page fit for joy on Facebook. So any of those places you can hang out with me. Perfect. And we'll link all of those up in our show notes as well for everyone. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. You have absolutely shown me this is possible. And I honestly don't know if I would have gone in feeling as confident as I did without your help. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. Wow, this episode just reminded me of how important it is for us to take a moment and reflect on what we're grateful for. Now, I want to know, what are you grateful for? If this episode resonated with you, connect with us on Instagram and let me and Selena know, what are you grateful for today? And if you know another homeschooling entrepreneur, who this episode could be a blessing for, would you consider sharing it either on Instagram or Facebook? That helps us get the word out so that we can be a blessing to more homeschool CEOs. And as always, please connect with us on social media. I love to hear from you and we'll see you next week. Bye now. Hey friend, I just wanna say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. 
I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.